It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Check it Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good ever what time of the day it is for you. What's going on? This is Jason Jones, and this is your latest edition of the Ruler of the Court podcast, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, where I chime in with you, talk about the Sacramento Kings, a team I know well, talk about hip-hop, another thing I love and would like to think I know pretty well, And then pretty much whatever else might come to mind during one of these episodes. So without with that, all that being said, let's go ahead and just jump right in. Um, Recording this prior to the Kings game at Toronto. Uh, Kings coming off a couple of uh, rough losses. Uh, One in Charlotte where De'Aaron Fox had a chance to, you know, win the game. At least, say, give the Kings a late lead with two seconds to go with two free throws. Missed them both. I may hit on that. I'm hitting that a little bit. And then they just got completely smoked <laughs> in Cleveland. And so, didn't really, I don't really don't want to mix this about, you know, game by game uh, discussions. But it's, it, it is always topical to talk about De'Aaron Fox and how. Um, there was an interesting thing in Sacramento where, at least for my 15 years or so, being the plus years of, no, I almost say at this point, 20 years basically working in the city, uh, 12 plus years being around the team. And you kind of notice how a lot of times whoever the best player on the Kings eventually becomes the hated player on the team. You know, Chris Webber gets a lot of love now, and deservedly so, but. You had that small, maybe maybe a vocal segment back in the day that didn't think Chris did enough to help the team win. That I think that was BS, of course, but hey, what do I know? You saw that happen with DeMarcus Cousins where there seemed to be a, I don't know, a, I don't know how to exactly describe it. I don't want to say a rush, or, but there was a lot of hate thrown at him because the team wasn't good. And now De'Aaron Fox, is, <laughs> I think he's he's trending toward that way, just based on his his slow start to the season, and also just because of De'Aaron's uh, personality. Uh, after De'Aaron missed a couple of free throws, and kind of he, uh, it wasn't like he was laughing at the misses, but it was more of a oh, I can't believe I missed both of those laugh. 
you know, if he had just made one, that would have uh, tied the game and given the Kings a chance at overtime, but didn't happen. But that type of thing can irk an irritable fan base that has not been to the playoffs in 15 years. Going on 16, might I add. I mean, of course, things could change. Technically, right now, the Kings are in 10th. So they would be in the play-in tournament if the season started, ended today. But guess what? As I like to remind folks, the season does not end today. So it does not matter at this moment. But it's the kind of thing that makes people say, oh, he doesn't really care. And I can just really see slowly but surely that De'Aaron will soon join that list of you're our best player and we don't like you. How do you fix that? Of course, you win games, and the Kings are five and um, they're doing okay without us. They fired Luke Walton. They still don't play defense. They've won some games you'd expect them to win either way. They've lost some games they probably would have lost anyway. But I think at this point for De'Aaron, it's just all about you got to win some more games, and that would be a good start. Would be. Um, Monday night in Toronto, keep this team from another, you know, right now they're on a two-game losing streak, you know, keep that streak from going to three, but just wanted to hit on that real briefly before I kind of got into the meat of what I wanted to actually talk about today, which is uh, Terrence Davis, uh, had a conversation with him this morning for, for a story that'll be out on The Athletic this week, hopefully as soon as Tuesday, maybe a little bit longer, but the play of Terrence Davis since he's been put into the starting lineup, or just not even just to start, not just he's been able to get a chance to play in the last uh, two or three weeks. And on the season, he's averaging nine points a game, or 9.4 points a game this season 2.8 rebounds, 0.9 assists. But going into this game against his former team, the Raptors. Terrence is averaging 16 points, 16.1 points, 4.9 rebounds, 1.4 assists, and 1.3 steals in his last eight games, playing 23.5 minutes per game. And perhaps the biggest change under Alvin Gentry has been the elevated status of Terrence Davis. Clearly, I think it's a Clearly, it's been a, a boost for, for him and for the team in terms of what he's added in in, that, in these eight games. He's shooting 47.5%, or say his last eight. Shooting 47.5%, 34% from three. Not great, but on the you know, but that's, which is, you know, definitely below his uh, career marks, but. The 34% over the last eight is actually not bad, considering that on the year he's shooting 29.3. So he's trending again upward. And a lot of that has to do with the increased opportunities, increased confidence, and just getting a chance to get on the court. But, of course, every action has a, you know the saying, every action has a reaction, blah, 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 blah. And if Terrence's minutes go up, someone's minutes have to go down. And in that case, the minutes of Buddy Heald are impacted the most just because the Kings have a ton of 6'4", 6'3", guards or shorter. 
and they have to you're trying to you do you really want to play four guards at once probably not but <laughs> there's a whole lot going on with just the king's rotation and how they're trying to do all these things and buddy's going to you know buddy's going they're going to take a hit the more Terrence plays on the season buddy's averaging 15.7 points and to give you some 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 perspective on that that is would be buddy's lowest total or scoring average since going all the way back oh it's, it's been a while 27-18 uh, that season buddy averaged 13.5 points for the season so you're talking about early in his in terms of the numbers going way down field goal percentage down to 38.2 percent um that's on pace clearly for a, you know, a career low for buddy three point percentage down to 34.9 on pace for a career low so just a lot not clicking right now for buddy and the minutes are down right now to 28.3 which would also, like I said, again, on pace for <laughs> over the course of a season. It's not, it's just not, things are just not trending right for Buddy overall right now. And that's, that's a big reason why you're seeing more Terrence Davis. It's because there's certain, you know, out, outside of perimeter shooting, which I think most people would give Buddy the advantage. Terrence gives you a lot of different things that he can also do for you as well. Just in terms of being able to, you know, create off the bounce. And when Terrence is on, he can also be a decent shooter. But this also just kind of speaks to the role that Buddy should or maybe shouldn't have in, in the NBA. One of the constraints the coaching staff had in past seasons was they're really was or is a belief that Buddy Hill is, should not be playing, say, 30 to 35 minutes a night. But due to a lack of depth and due to the need just to have Buddy, the threat of Buddy the shooter on the court, Buddy has tended to play a lot more minutes than that. But I think what you're starting to see now is that the, the minutes are going to gravitate more and more back toward Buddy not playing as much. In the last 10 games, Buddy's getting 28, about 28 minutes a game. Still in bringing good energy and all, but when you're only shooting 34.3% from the field over that stretch, 26% from three, it's going to be hard to justify giving you more time than, than less time, especially when Terrence is giving you so much and has been so hot for the most part over that span. And with the December 15th date looming this week, which means a lot of the players um, who weren't eligible to be traded because they signed deals this past offseason can be eligible to be traded. I would expect you to look for the Kings to move, move potentially move a guy like Buddy. I think Buddy would probably excel in a situation where he wasn't asked to do so much offensively, where he, where he could just be more of an efficient shooter as opposed to a volume shooter. That's why that deal that fell through with the Lakers looked so good for Buddy because 
He goes, he would have gone to a team where he would not have been a focal point. You know, he's always going to get good looks because LeBron James is going to bring two guys with him or at least draw the majority of the attention. Same thing with playing with a guy like Anthony Davis. So I wouldn't get too hung up in Buddy's numbers in terms of his trade value. I still think there's a lot of value to Buddy. I think Buddy in the right situation would shoot, probably shoot and play better. But we are where we are. And I think right now for the Kings, it it behooves them to continue to ride this Terrence Davis train, even if that means adjusting the lineup, tweaking things. You got to keep a guy who's hot in the lineup. And right now, Terrence is that guy. He's playing well. And kind of some of the things we touch on in the story that I'm that I'm writing about him is how even when he wasn't playing how Alvin Gentry can encouraged him told him to stay ready talked about you know his work you know when he wasn't playing with Lindsey Harding who has really been kind of the uh, player the player development kind of coach who's really stuck close with Terrence during all this and giving him an ability to once he got the minutes Get out there and make some things happen. So be on the lookout for that. That will be coming out, like I said, sometime this week. Looking forward to sharing that story with everyone. Actually, be my first King story that I've written since wow, September when Chris Webber went to the Hall of Fame. Or actually, take that back. I wrote a King story last month. It was about Webber and our the Athletics Top 75. So it'll be my first non-Kings Chris Webber story probably since August, since you know my job changed up. And I started doing some different things. So be on the lookout for that again. And before we uh, transition over to the part of the show where either you get excited to talk music with me or listen to me talk music or you say, okay, all the King stuff is gone. <laughs> I'm out. Got a few words from our good buddies over at DraftKings. Football fans, I'm sure we'll, we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. Unless you're like me, who's a cheers for the Raiders, and the high-scoring is all with the Kansas City Chiefs, and your team gets stomped after stomping on the logo. I digress. <laughs> But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just one dollar on any game to, on any team to score can win one hundred dollars in free bets. It's that simple. Hey, and if you were my team the other day, you might have been holding your breath, but the Raiders managed to get a whopping nine points. <laughs> NFL Sportsbook isn't available if it's if it's not available in your state. You can still get in on all this NFL action. That's right. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still get in on all the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Sportsbook Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So what do you do? Here's the call to action, everyone. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with the promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. 
new customers only minimum five dollar deposit and one dollar wager required one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER now let's get back to the show okay everyone uh before we get out of here got to touch on a couple of things in the hip-hop world that are that stood out to me obviously the biggest one was last week's uh kanye west concert at the la coliseum you know special guest drake who apparently pissed a lot of y'all off by sticking the performance song from certified lover boy whereas kanye gave you all his old hits <laughs> and some of the new stuff but i wanted to speak just first off to the show i like to say i'm in a privileged group that saw one of kanye's last really good shows this had to be about 2016-ish or so. Uh, I saw Caught Him in Oakland. Hanging out with my homeboy, Logan Murdoch, you know. And this is for the uh, Life of Pablo tour. And it was I thoroughly enjoyed the show. That was right before he went to Sacramento and basically went on stage and said, I ain't got nothing to say. You know, and kind of went on an episode that led to all type of weird, kind of weird things from Kanye led down the the maga don you know kanye road all this stuff but like i said i like to say that i got one of the last normal shows and i did tune in to his his, uh his show which was actually i guess a a free larry hoover benefit concert trying to bring attention to uh prison reform and you know things of that sort not sure how much of that that message got across during the show Outside of the free Larry Hoover merchandise that was being worn and now and also sold for pre-order for a gang of money. If one, if one of y'all got enough money to buy some $400 jeans with free Larry Hoover on them or free Hoover, more power to you. I'm not in that class. But <laughs> well, I just want to kind of speak to the first just to the show. You had your kind of a Kind of the, the you had the choir entrance, which I think probably is now a staple of Kanye now as he's gone down this gospel path. And then he comes out with Drake, and but then he doesn't perform with Drake right away. You know, Kanye gets gets into the old stuff. He takes you kind of down memory lane with his music, and you say even though there were portions where you could tell he didn't remember the uh, the, the lyrics all the way or. There's parts where he, in the same line where Kanye wasn't cursing, but then he would curse when he said that line again, like on a course or something. So I found that to be interesting. Almost if Kanye is still in this kind of internal battle of, am I the guy who doesn't curse anymore? Do I still curse? If you heard him on Drink Champs, uh, that interview he did, parts one and two, he definitely cusses a lot. Shit, he cussed the whole damn thing. But... I was kind of intrigued by this inter- kind of almost like, it's like a, we were watching an internal battle with kind of like the good Kanye and the bad Kanye, at least in terms of language. I haven't, I haven't even begun to get into the whole political, the alienation of a large segment of his fans due to his uh, 
being buddies with Donald Trump. I mean, there's a, some of the things, his comments about slavery. There's a lot that Kanye has re- really made himself a very polarizing figure in hip hop. That being said, he's still one of the greatest to ever do it in terms of music. And so I, that definitely made the show worth watching and intriguing. I was really tickled by the people who were really mad at <laughs> at uh, Drake for not give, doing a lot of the old songs, pretty much sticking to his last album. I called it on Twitter, uh, shoot around for his next tour. <laughs> Drake was getting some reps in before he hits y'all with the certified lover boy tour. And it was, uh, it was definitely, you know, that might've been the funniest part. just because people were really, really mad. Like, come on, Drake, did you not get the memo? Did you not get the memo that this here is going to be a, <laughs> you know, we're playing the hits. We're not, you know, we're not going, you know, we're not doing what, you know, we don't want to hear way too sexy. We don't want to hear no friends in the industry. We want to hear Lord knows we want to hear all the old stuff, but people will get over it. I think, you know, overall, the show was definitely was worthwhile. I see a lot of uh, tension from people who still who are still conflicted about Kanye in the sense of how do we like this guy when he's like I said, he's offended, you know, so many of us. But I think, you know what? That's kind of be kind of the arc of his career at this point that it's just been some weird stuff with Kanye. So that was kind of just my brief, you know, look or thoughts, you know, you know, of, of kind of what's going on, what, you know, what the deal is with that. So, but finally, I want to leave you with kind of my, uh, excitement about the potential of some dr dre music dr dre posted on instagram that just finished working with marsha ambrosius on an album and i'm a big dr dre fan big fan of his production work um i don't i can't remember the last time he put uh produced an entire r&b album i mean was it truth hurts i mean that was a while ago but Perhaps, you know, post-divorce, we've seen him, we've seen Dre posting about his divorce, you know, being divorced as fuck now. And maybe this will unlock some creativity. Who knows? Maybe we'll get detox. Okay, probably won't. But, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what Dre do, does for his next hip-hop project. Maybe that comes after his Super Bowl extravaganza in a couple of months. Don't know. But. The fact that Dr. Dre is on social media probably more in the last month or two than he has been probably in the last couple of years gives me hope that musically something is on the way. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. And I lied. That ain't going to be the final point. The final point will be this. Uh, Rick Ross released a new album last week. I definitely played it a few times. Had some stuff on there I like, but... 
I'll say Rick never really misses on an album, but this one didn't give me the same I'm about to go sell drugs feel that I'm used to having from Rick Ross. You know, I don't feel like the boss that I normally feel like with Rick. I didn't feel like I could kind of just drift away and live the uh, Tony Montana life. So if I had a critique, that would be it. But it's really hard to hate on Rick Ross. But hey, it is what it is. So that's all I really got for y'all. Like I said, not a, not a long episode. Just wanted to hit on you know my chat with TD, which I said you can find in the Athletic later on this week. Uh, shout out to the Basketball Podcast Network. Shout out to DraftKings. You know where to find me on social, Mr. Jones LBC on Instagram, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones on Twitter. Y'all be good out there. Y'all be safe. Again, this is Jason Jones, and I'm out. Take care.